Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Good afternoon, City of Life Church. How are you doing today? Hey, you seem like you're having a good time. Can we give it up one more time for our creative team, our worship team, our kids? Great job, everybody. Wow, how fun. Any Coldplay fans in the house? Same, same. I feel like we picked the perfect song to kick off our summer playlist series. Every week throughout the summer, we have a creative element just like that planned. And uh, you might see Pastor Jeff sing something in Spanish. He might have to be practicing right now, so you, you can look forward to that. It's pretty cool. But we have a great summer planned, and I hope you come and join us for each week or all of the weeks that you're here in town. Um, it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I think my topic today is perfectly in line with the way that that song made us all feel. It's called Adventure of a Lifetime, and we're going to talk about joy. Sound good? So that means we're going to have joy in this service. You're going to say amen. You're going to say preach it. You're going to say that's good. Cool? All right. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you for the joy I truly do feel in this room. That it's not about a Coldplay song. It's not about cute little kids doing stuff. It's about the fact that we know when we come together, your presence is here. And I truly believe today you have a word for each and every one of us. I know that you want to stir something. I know you want to change something. I know you want to take us to a higher level. And Lord, we just say that we're willing vessels. Do what only you can do. And we just thank you in advance. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So adventure of a lifetime. I looked up the word adventure. Have you ever looked up the definition of adventure? I never had either, and I was very interested in what I found. The word adventure is defined as an unusual and exciting, typically hazardous experience or activity. Typically hazardous experience or activity. I thought, well, that's pretty much what life is, right? It's fun, it's exciting, but typically hazardous as well. Would you agree with me or am I the only one? Okay, I like the way that my father-in-law explains that life just has its issues is that he says life is problematic. Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. Life is problematic. But today we're talking, we're not going to focus on the hazardous part. We're going to talk about the exciting part because there is a promise from God to his children about the type of life that he's called us to, the adventure that he's in fact called us to, the life he has destined and carved out for us to live. John 10.10 tells us that exact definition of the life that he has called us to, and it is defined by an abundant life. Now, abundant life does not mean that it is void of any trials or any difficulties. It has its highs and its lows, but they're still abundant. 
And so I want to talk today about what that abundance is. You know, as believers, as Christians, the moment that you invite Jesus into your life, he actually comes in and takes residence in you. But he is a really good house guest. I know sometimes we don't have the same etiquette and the things that we used to do, but you're really not supposed to show up empty-handed, technically, to someone's house. But Jesus, when he comes in, he brings a big old basket with him. And it's not a basket of fruit like you would think. It's actually a basket of seeds. And Jesus comes into your life as a house guest. And he says, let me plant these for you. Let me make sure you know this is the abundance I'm talking about. But you are the one tasked with the responsibility of cultivating and watering and fertilizing and nourishing those seeds so that they grow in your life, which is what we know to be spiritual maturity and growth, that you can measure the moment that you first gave your heart to the Lord, and then ideally you grow in all of those areas, and that seed is watered, and that's Christian maturity. So those seeds, what are those seeds? Galatians 5.16 tells us. I got them wrong in first service, so I'm going to go ahead and read. I missed one. There are nine fruits of the Spirit, and I wrote them down. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the seeds that Jesus brings and plants in your life, and it's up to you to cultivate and fertilize it. So today we're going to talk about how do we cultivate joy. But I want to make it very, very clear to you that I'm not standing up here as somebody who is trying to just tell you, like, just fake it till you make it. You know, just, just smile and then eventually your feelings will, you know, follow suit. No, I'm actually a person that I know very well what it's like to fight against sadness, to fight against depression. I, I, I've, if you know my testimony, in fact, I struggled with it for years, and I was a Christian. I struggled with it and had to push through. So I'm not someone just standing up here saying, you know what, guys? If you serve Jesus, you should have joy, and you should be happy, and there should just be no issues, and, and you're a representative of Jesus. No, I know good and well how hard it is to fight to cultivate that joy. But I am someone standing up here as a miracle saying I know what it's like to experience the supernatural power of Jesus, and it only comes you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we come into services like this, when we read our Bible, that's that fertilizer, that's that watering of the word, but your faith comes when you hear the word of God. So today is an opportunity, just like I had multiple opportunities where I kept getting to levels of more cultivated joy, more mature joy. Today is an opportunity for you to go to the next level in cultivating your joy because you're hearing the word of God. 
your faith grows when you hear the word of God. And so that's why we come together. That's why we get into the word is so that we can allow our faith to grow by hearing what God has to say. What he has to say. Louder than what the enemy has to say. Because the Bible clearly tells us in Nehemiah 8.10, it says, the joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. You know it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is what keeps us strong as Christians. No wonder the enemy fights against it so hard. He knows if he can take your joy, he makes you weak. And you're not strong. Therefore, completely vulnerable. Therefore, completely someone that he can snuff out and stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Because you're weak without joy. But today, we're going to get stronger in the area of joy. Do you receive that? So you have the seed of joy. I just want to go ahead, just straight across the board. I just want to make sure everybody knows that you have been given joy. Joy is inside of you, a seed that came from Jesus. It is not a disposition. It is not a fleeting type of happiness. Happiness and joy are two totally different things. Happiness is based on temporary circumstances. If the circumstances are favorable, you're happy. If they're not so favorable and not so good, you're not happy. But joy is a fruit of the spirit that is sustaining. It's consistent. It's based on the root system of your life. And it has nothing to do with circumstances. It actually has nothing to do with your disposition. Some people are just more joyful or happy. They just wake up that way, and I don't get it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> when my husband and I first got married, it was very clear who required more sleep, me, and who just woke up, like, with just a more joyful disposition. I just need a minute in the morning. Anybody with me? Oh, my gosh, you're my people. <laughs> I just, I don't even need coffee. I just need silence for a second. I just, I got to open my eyes. I got to remember God is good and there's a plan for me and I can, I can do this thing. My husband, on the other hand, he just, he just kind of wakes up, just he kind of pops out of bed. He gets it from his mom. I'm more like dad, right? He just kind of pops out of bed. He's singing a little song, you know, just humming and I'm over there going. But I just, over time, I've actually have grown to appreciate it. I've learned. I've grown in joy as well. It might take me a little longer in the morning, but I ultimately get it. But it's not about a disposition. It's not about a bent towards being happier. It's not about any of those things. It's something that's sustaining and deeper than even what is on the external. And so today we're going to talk about how do we, in fact, cultivate joy. The joy that's already on the inside, how do we make sure it's growing? 
How do we make sure it's flourishing? How do we make sure it is abundant in our life? Number one, live life God's way. Live life God's way. Psalm 19, 7 through 11. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring and refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are reliable and trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. I love what that says. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, and following his commands are what, are what bring joy. Which is very contrary to what some people think. People think that the whole idea of holiness and righteousness and purity, that trying to live a life by those standards and precepts is actually withholding things from you or causing you, it's like a, a, a killjoy. But in fact, it's God saying, no, I want to bring joy. I want to help cultivate the joy in your life. So therefore, I know the danger zones. I know the things that expose you to the elements that steal your joy, that are toxic and start tearing away at the thing that you're building in your life. God knows if you follow his ways, it's what protects you. It's what preserves you. It's what keeps your soul from being open to toxic things that can steal your joy. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. It says, all things as they move toward God are beautiful. And they are ugly as they move away from him. The more you're pursuing the things of God, the more you're following his ways, the more beautiful and cultivated your life is. God gave us very clear standards, very clear laws and precepts. You might be familiar with them. There are 10 of them. I know it seems a little old school to talk about it, but let's talk about it in the context of what we're discussing today. The fact that if we follow these 10 things, joy grows in our life. Joy is cultivated in our life. Let's just look at number one. You shall have no other gods before me. God isn't saying, I, you know, I, I have an ego, I'm on an ego trip type of thing. He's literally saying, hey, don't have a God other than me because he will fall short every time. I'm the one true living God, and I'm the one who is the source of everything that you need. And he understands, put your eyes on me. Focus on me. Number two, you shall make no idols. Idols. Things that try to take the place 
of God. Human things fade away. Humans fail. And to put our source of joy in any of those things, it's fragile. It's fleeting. But if you put your source of joy and you worship only God, he knows that ultimately that joy will be overflowing. That joy will sustain you. That joy will remain. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Yes, don't say, oh my God. But also, let's think about what God is saying. Why would this be a law? Why would this be a precept he wants us to live by? What this is actually saying is way less about just what, what you're verbally allowing, you know, a statement. It's the fact that if you don't live every single day fully aware of the power that is actually in the name of Jesus, then you're selling yourself short. You're not experiencing the full measure of the joy that he has for you. His name is powerful. His name, when you speak the name of Jesus, demons have to run. When you speak the name of Jesus, situations have to turn around and change. So he's saying, don't take my name in vain. Use it the way that I intended. Use it for all it is. Use it to cultivate joy. Number four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Go to church. Can I get an amen? amen? Go to church. By the way, make your kids go to church. If you want joy in their life, it's the same thing. They don't get a choice. You live in my house. You go to church. Also, by the way, you, ought, you should also send your kids to church camp. <laughs> kids comp is this weekend. I can't think of a more beautiful way to spend your weekend, making sure that your kids are in the house of God, making sure they're experiencing the power of God, making sure that they understand how awesome the name of Jesus is. And then also send your teenagers to soul fire because I'm telling you right now every significant moment as a young person where I had opportunity to go in a different direction the call of God was solidified every time I went to a church camp so no excuses there are scholarships available donors we'll take it we'll take your money so we can send all of those kids because it is kind of pricey but hey Put your faith out there and see if God will meet there. Sign your kids up for soul fire. It's going to be awesome. But remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God knew in 2022 <laughs> people would have a different idea and perspective of attending church. And I do think it's a little bit tragic and I do think it's a little bit sad that churches all over the world are experiencing such a drastic change in their numbers. And it's, it's not just specifically the pandemic. I think people just kind of, they just, they forgot how, the necessity of it. They forgot how important it is to gather. Not this group, you're here. That's why your joy is overflowing. That's why your joy is gonna be full. But truly God knew that we would question 
if it's worth getting up on a Saturday morning and going to kids' comps. When I heard the start time was 9 a.m., I was like, why did I approve that? I have authority here, and it could have been 11. I was like, okay. Kind of missed that in staff meeting, but that's fine. I'll be here, though, with joy, so much joy. But God knew it was important and that you needed these opportunities to cultivate that joy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. We could just write that off as adults and think like, oh, it, you know, I love my mom and dad. It doesn't really apply to me in the same way as it did when I was younger. But in fact, what it's trying to explain to us and, and the way God is wanting us to live our lives, the precepts in which he's trying to communicate uh, through uh, with this is that we're supposed to honor authority. We're supposed to respect the people around us. We're supposed to make sure that we allow our lives to still be like children and giving honor to those who are ahead of us, who have fought longer than we have, who have won battles. And imagine what you would be missing out on if you never allowed anybody to influence you and never allowed anyone to have the honor in your life where you could respect them enough that you could learn from them. This is a humility kind of thing. Number six, you shall not murder. That brings joy <laughs> to many people. <laughs> I think it's self-explanatory. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Talk about a joy stealer right there. Imagine how different society in our world, maybe even your own life, would be if this was the way we chose to live regardless. Not just within the confines and commitment of the covenant you've made with your spouse, but even prior to making that commitment, if individuals realize I have to live this way, I have to make sure that I save myself, that I'm pure, that I honor God in everything that I do so that when I'm married, that commitment is pure and holy. It would bring so much more joy to the people around us if this was something that each of us held dear and lived our lives by. Eight, you shall not steal. Amen. Again, that's a good one. I'm happier and have more joy when you don't steal from me. So that's what it's about. Number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie about people. Don't cancel people. Don't decide you already know, know who they are and what their reputation is based on someone else who's probably lying about that person. If we're talking about things that can cultivate joy, we need to stop worrying about other people so much and make sure that we're just truth-filled in everything that we do. It cultivates joy. Number 10, you shall not covet. 
you've heard probably 10 sermons about the fact that comparison is the thief of joy, correct? Well, God said it first, I just want you to know. And that's why it's one of his commandments, is he knew that if you're continually looking at someone else's life, continually wishing that you had what they have, wishing that you could, you know, have the job they have, the clothes they have, the family they have, it steals your joy. And he knew it. Living by the standards of God, living by the ways of God cultivates joy. Number two, learn to live with an imperfect life. Oh, I didn't get shouted down on that one. That's fine. Learn to live with an imperfect life. This is going to set some people free, okay? Even all those cute little phrases that people like, you know, post little memes and stuff, and it's like, I'm just perfectly imperfect. Actually, you just said you're still perfect, right? Guys, I don't know if this is just because of you know, social media or whatever. I just want to remind you, perfection is not the goal. It is not the goal. Not only is it not the goal, it's not attainable. We've talked about this in the series that we've been doing about the fact that we are fallen. We have a fallen nature. We live in a fallen world. And to strive for perfection it will steal your joy every time. To cultivate joy, it's not lowering the standard for your life or your marriage or your house or any of those things, but it's certainly realizing, like what Paul says. Paul said, I know what it's like to have plenty and to be in want. I know what it's like to be in a jail cell or in a kingdom in a palace. I know what it's like to have people betray me, lie about me, reject me, abandon me, but I still know this one secret. He says, I know how to be content. And the reason he knew how to be content is that his joy was not based on perfection. His joy was not based on some standard he had set for his life. It was based on the fact that he was rooted in Jesus. He knew he had that seed on the inside of him and that it was his job to cultivate it. And it had nothing to do with perfection. It had nothing to do with an Instagrammable life. Can I get an amen? amen. Guys, that is not attainable. If you came to my house right now, you would judge me so harshly. But I really want you to just pay attention to the Ten Commandments because it was like, yeah. Because in there it says, do not judge Pastor Amy's mess. Because <laughs> my husband's out of town and I had to study and I was like, it's one or the other. It's either a clean house or a good sermon. So I hope it's a good sermon. Because my house ain't clean. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. That gave me so much joy when you did that. Um, but I will clean my house later, after a nap. But still, I can't let my life and my joy be tied to all these external things. Things that sometimes I have control over and sometimes I don't. 
the highs and the lows in life, the victories and the defeats in life, the days you wake up and you're like, for some reason I feel kind of sad. And then some days you wake up and I'm like, I'm kind of happy. Paul understood to be content, you have to have your joy in the Lord and not in perfection or things or external anything, circumstances or anything. Philippians 4.13, you know this verse. You saw it on Tim Tebow's cheek one day. <laughs> Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Listen, that is a very misunderstood verse. It's not just for sporting events or so that you can crush that, you know, presentation at work. I can do this because Christ gives me strength. No. Work really hard <laughs> and then you can be successful too. But the point of this verse is I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. How does he strengthen you? By giving you joy. Don't you remember? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So how does Jesus strengthen us to be able to do all of these things we need to do to be successful, have abundant lives, to have great relationships. It's because he strengthens you with his joy. That's the difference maker. Not just so you can get, you know, a touchdown and a trophy. The joy of the Lord is what gives you your strength to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep cultivating, because you know how important it is. Think about the days that you do have more joy and you sense it. Don't you feel strengthened? Don't you feel stronger? I know I do. And that's how we can identify if it's being cultivated in our life, if we have our focus on the right thing. Paul was content because he decided to be content, not because all the conditions were perfect, because he had strength that came from joy. Number three, let praise be in your daily life. Psalm 118, 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, in today, not when things work out, not when I get my degree, not when I pay off this loan, not when my debt is gone, not when I have a baby, not when my kids are older, not when this day. Rejoice in the Lord this day. You know, I was doing a ton of research for this teaching, and, you know, most researchers, you know, or, or the way that they would title the articles is, you know, how to have a happier life, or how to be happier, or, 
you know, more joy today, that kind of thing. And they were all very interesting articles. I love research. And, um, but there was just one common denominator in every single article that I read. And these are non-Christian articles. They're science, psychology. There was one common denominator over and over whatever you know advice these articles were trying to give the one thing that was consistent is that they said in all of the research that there is a marked difference in the life of someone who lives with gratitude and the life of someone who doesn't that overall people who lived with gratitude People who incorporated gratitude in their life were happier, were more joyful. Gratitude is the difference maker for you as a believer. Gratitude is so essential for cultivating joy. Grateful people have joy. They were talking in some of these articles and they were explaining, you know, how necessary and beautiful and therapeutic and helpful it is to have a joy journal. If you have one, that's cool. I thought it was kind of cheesy at first. And then they also said, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical journal. It could be a note, you know, on your phone or whatever. But at first I was like, that seems a little, you know, unnecessary or, you know, maybe even just uh, more of like a psychology kind of thing or a therapy kind of thing. But I really started to think about it. And I started to think about what marked difference could there be in my life if I started every day exactly like this verse is saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We only get so many hours to be glad in it. So what if I started my day taking inventory of the things I am grateful for? If psychology today is saying it's helpful and they're not even connecting it to the joy that's found in Jesus, imagine if we actually did that. I'm not saying go buy a you know, gratitude journal, but maybe. But certainly not starting your day just picking, by default, picking up your phone, looking at an email, looking at Instagram, comparing your life, looking at all the tasks you have to do. I wanna encourage you today, I truly do believe it could make a difference. If you woke up and you were like, God, thank you for, day, for today. Thank you, thank you, Lord, that I don't have all the answers, but I know you do. I have a lot of things ahead of me today that I'm going to have to face, but I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you go before me, that you are the source of joy. You are the source of everything that I need. And I choose today to just be grateful, grateful for your sacrifice, grateful for the cross. Thank you for the things that you've done for me, and thank you for the things you have yet to do. Gratitude is the marked difference in people who have more joy and God told us first decide today to rejoice when we choose to rejoice 
it's praising God. It's giving him praises and he deserves it. It's being grateful rather than starting your day thinking of all the things that your husband is or isn't doing, the things that your kids are or are not doing, just deciding to just go ahead and say, God, I'm just, I'm grateful today for my husband. I thank you that he's a faithful man. I thank you that he leads our home well. He works so hard. Thank you, Lord, for my children, that there's not a day that goes by that you don't cover them and continue to call them no matter how far away from you they may be. You're gonna bring them back home, God. Starting our day with gratitude can cultivate sustainable, mature, abundant joy. I wanna read this last verse. Psalm 16, 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we choose to rejoice and praise, it gets us in to his presence. And this verse tells us where there's fullness of joy in his presence. I wanna pray for you today. I truly believe that this is a revelation. I believe that this is gonna set some people free. I know we're gonna walk out of here different and I just wanna be able to pray and seal this moment. Could you just close your eyes all over? I just wanna pray this over you and then we're gonna pray for those who want to receive Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would water the word, that you would fertilize the word today, that I believe that you have spoken directly to each and every one of us. And I believe today that there will be a marked difference in our lives, that joy would be cultivated. Your joy would continue to be our strength and we would see it grow and mature and be abundant in Jesus' name. And still with every head bowed, I just wanna give an opportunity, just like I said that Jesus is a great house guest, ready to come into your life and bring that abundant life through the fruit of the Spirit that becomes evident by the power of the Holy Spirit. The moment that you ask Him to come in, He comes in. He starts rearranging things. He starts changing things. He starts making things better. And I just wanna give you an opportunity. Maybe you're watching from home. Maybe you're in the room. If that's you and you would just say, Pastor Amy, would you pray for me? I need Jesus. Could you just lift your hand all over? If you're at home, in the privacy of your home, maybe you could type in the chat. There are hands in every section. Thank you, Lord. Church family, with those that have their hands lifted, could you repeat this after me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your plan of salvation, that Jesus, you came to give your life so that I could have eternal life. Today, come into my life take up residence in me. Allow the seed of the fruit of the Spirit to begin to grow so I can live that abundant life 
I can have exceeding joy. And today, everything is different because of your love and your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Can you put your hands together for all of those who prayed today? God bless you. Love you. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.